Hey, hey! We're excited to be hosting the X29 New Zealand 2023 conference here in Tauranga Moana. Our conference theme is One Another, Relationships, Ministry and Mission, where we will explore the impact of our relationships with God and fellow believers in the local church on ministry, missions and church planting. The conference will be held on November 3rd and 4th, 56 Second Avenue here in Tauranga. Tickets are available over at Eventbrite. Hope to see you there. a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart i seek you let me not wander from your commandments i've stored up your word in my heart that i might not sin against you psalm 119 verses 9 to 11 kia ora and happy tuesday welcome to another episode of fill me in a redeemer church podcast formerly the 99th most popular podcast among kiwis on spotify a big shalom to all of you whose way is blameless. Welcome to episode 16. And this week I have with me my man, a very good friend of mine, Stephen Wilkinson. How are you going, Stephen? Good, bro. Thank you for having me, Phil. Bro, it is such a pleasure. I've had your name down right since I thought of doing this podcast. Like We're going to chat with Stephen at some point on here. I'm glad that we've uh, finally got to it. Could you just introduce yourself to... Uh, our audience to those of them that won't know who you are. Hey everyone, um, I'm Stephen. Um, I'm 36 years old. I became a Christian when I was 28. I was brought up in a non-Christian family. I, uh, I'm an operations manager for an insulation company and I've been doing insulation for the past 16 or 17 years. I have a family, uh, four children and a wife. Get it man. Tell me about that work situation. Uh, what, what do you get up to? What's the, what's the average day on the job looking like for you? Uh, so we go up to a house. I um, We pump insulation into the walls. So we just drill into the cladding, brick, weatherboard or internal, fill them in, um, use a bit of thermal camera imaging, make sure it's looking pretty good. And then uh, we leave the customer with a nice warmer home. That's beautiful. Okay, so you've mentioned uh, that you were, so you become a Christian at 28. Is that what you said? Um, yep. So eight years uh which is man i feel like that's flown by that's that's pretty crazy man eight years tell me about your christian life at the moment if someone were to say to you oh yes steve okay i hear you you're a christian so what's all that about what would you sort of say to them i would say to them that um you know i have a personal relationship with the one true god um through my faith in jesus christ my lord and savior and Mm. At this present time as a Christian, I'm just endeavoring to become more on the image of Christ by defeating the sin in my life. And yep. um, that would be a basic summary right there. Yeah, awesome, man. And so obviously that's not where you've always been, as you mentioned, tw- 28. I mean, a lot of the guests that come on here uh, were converted a lot younger than that. Uh, so it's always exciting to me when you know this happens pretty well into someone's adult years. Could you tell us a little bit about life before your Christianity. How did you see the world? Uh, what were you up to? All that kind of stuff. Um, maybe your childhood. Tell us about pre-Christian Steve. Pre-Christian Steve. Well, uh, I was brought up in a, a non-Christian family, as I said, and yep. it was actually quite a loving family. Um, I had two uh, sisters that were quite high achievers, and 
and I, you know, right from the primary school, you know, I was very disobedient, and I had my parents called into the school a lot. Yeah. Same as intermediate and high school. Um, right when I first started high school, I met a group of friends, and I unfortunately got into drugs and um, yeah. alcohol. I was at age of thirteen. Yeah. Is this um, Rotorua? Did you grow up in Rotorua? Yeah, I went to Rotorua Boys High School. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I was picked out of high school pretty young as well, about the age of fifteen. Mm. And then from the age of 15, 16 onwards, I sort of just got out there and started working, but um, the mm. drugs and alcohol just became an everyday thing yeah. until I was 28. Um, also just, you know, got in trouble with the law a lot, so I was in and out of the courthouse every month. Yeah. So that's sort of where my beliefs were before I became a Christian. Um, I really started uh, taking the route down, believing in aliens, that we were brought here by aliens. Is that right? Um, was it was right. Yeah, I was really into it. Um, opened up a lot of um, rabbit trails and things and, yeah. and conspiracies. And I sort of always uh, found the spiritual world interesting. I, I Interesting enough, when I think about it now, I kind of mm. believed in spirits, mm. um, that sort of thing. But I didn't believe in God. And I yeah. would have said back then that the idea of God was um, silly. Far out. Yeah. So what changed along the way, man? I mean, obviously you've, as you mentioned, you're, you're a believer now, you're growing into the image of Christ. So what brought the change or where was the initial encounter with Christian ideas? Um, I was wondering how much of my story I would tell. So I'm going to probably just tell them the fullness of it. Go for it, man. Uh, at the age of 28, I had a son. He was three years old and I was with his uh, mother and I just had a feeling that something didn't feel right and I managed to sneak on her phone one night and um, have a look through her messages. And I came across a message and it, it sort of maybe gave me the idea that um, Carter was conceived by someone else. And I didn't think too much of it and when I brought it up, you know, I just got shut down about the idea. And um, But the more, you know, that little inkling I had grew bigger and bigger every day. And then I decided to get a DNA test done um, behind the child's mother's back. And before I even got the results, I had this feeling like it was destiny, like something led me to that one little chance I even got to view that one message out of these hundred messages that something or someone was trying to tell me something. And that's mm -hmm. sort of where it all sort of began. But anyway, fast check a little bit, I got the results back and I found out that my son was the mine. Mm. Um, I got the call of the phone from my mother. It was pretty heartbreaking. And when mm. I received that call, I was driving home by myself in the work truck and I prayed out and I said, show me you're there and I'll believe. Mm. And those are all the words I prayed. And I really prayed with all my heart because mm. I just knew something was trying to tell me. Anyway, um, fast tracking again, about a few weeks, I met mm. another a guy at my work. He just started with us. Um, we became you know, friends at work and uh, he mentioned he was a Christian. Mm. And I threw I threw a hundred questions at him, yeah. and he was straight up, and he said to me, "Steve, you're going to hell." <laughs> I was just like, "That's a, that's his what? opening line, eh?" <laughs> was, man, you just keep going, mate. You're going to hell, bro. You need to believe in Jesus Christ. And mm. and I kept asking questions about it, and I asked him, "How do I be saved?" And he said, "Mate, just repent, um, trust that Christ paid for your sins, and confess your sins to him, and say you're sorry, right. and give him thanks." And it's like an evangelistic stunt, man. Just like, don't try this yeah. trick at home, but but, but I can do it. <laughs> 
I, I took his the way he did it when I first became a Christian and started telling people, mate, you're going to hell and blah, blah. And <laughs> I realized there's probably a better way of doing this. Do you remember uh, how, like when he was saying that, how, how were you, did you receive that like, oh, okay, or were, were you, you know, did I, you have your back up against I, the wall a bit? No, I responded in fear. I looked at my life and what he said and I thought, even, I can't even say I'm a good person. Like I, I talk to a lot of people and everyone thinks they're a good sure. person. I couldn't even say that. Right. I knew I am. You know, there's a holy God and I stand before him. I'm doomed. And so it was the fear of the Lord. Wow. The good and wisdom. <laughs> hey, just just taking me back to the when you're in the vehicle and, and you cried out to the Lord, what do you think was up with that? Like you, obviously you had some concept of God yeah. for you to do that. Do you know... Do you have any idea where that sort of came from? Do you, like, I, had you had you been exposed to it? It was because I, I kind of had a, an idea of there's a spirit word out there. Yeah. You know, okay. So because I, I, like I said, I felt like this was destiny, like someone was trying to show me something, there, there mm. might be a God out there. So I just prayed. And um, so like you could almost call that faith because why else was I praying? Because I was believing that might be, something might be hearing me. Mm. Fascinating, so, man. So yeah, sorry. Uh, go go on with the story, man. Didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, that's cool. uh, so anyway, like I said, life was pretty dull at that moment. You know, I was into pretty hard drugs, so everything felt pretty dark, and I didn't really know how to deal with the news that I found out mm. about my son. Um, and anyway, I just remember he said, "Just confess your sins." And so I was driving to work one morning by myself, and um, I just started laying it out and confessing my sins. Mm. And man, I broke down into tears. Like I really broke down. Yeah. And most those um, tears soon turn into tears of joy. And a yeah. big weight was lifted off my shoulder. And I think I'm pretty sure at that moment I was born again. Yeah. Now I know that's pretty subjective, but mate, since that moment, my life changed completely. The yeah. way I've seen things, my heart towards others, everything. Yeah. But what it also brought was. I could now see my sin yeah. and that was, um, that was tough. Yeah. Do you remember um, the gospel being in, in the midst of that specifically? I'm meaning, you know, this idea Christ has died for sins and, and he's taken them upon himself at the cross. Do you remember sort of grappling with that? Yeah. Well, my worker, because I was asking, you know, 20 questions at him every day about um, Christianity and what it was. I yeah. sort of already had a, a concept and an idea what the gospel was that, you know, Jesus Christ has paid for my sin and that if I put my trust and faith in his sinless, perfect life he lived, that his righteousness yeah. is counted to me. So he gave me a reasonable understanding so that yeah. when I prayed, um, I was praying to Jesus to please forgive me. And through that, then I could, yeah. you know, come before God. You know what I mean? So, Dude, that's amazing. Um, Back then, it was pretty basic, like, yeah. you know, like I think about my understanding of everything mm. back then, it was pretty, pretty basic. But yeah. That's cool, that man. That's cool. That, that's where it's got to be. Man, was your was your workmate over the moon? Oh, mate, he was wrapped. He was wrapped. <laughs> and from there, mate, you know, like now we're glorifying God together. Yeah. And the amazing part is now when I still catch up with him, because he lives in Tauranga. Oh, cool. Um, uh, when I catch up with him, we he just sometimes marvels at how much I've changed because he yeah. knew me before. Now he can see me now. And it's just a totally different person. Yeah. So it's been awesome. Um, and I still catch up with him now and then. And, That's yeah. great. 
That's great. Okay, so let's let's talk about the Christian life since then. And I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that, but I, I really enjoy talking about, you know, people like uh, who you've just mentioned, like he'll obviously be one, but, you know, the Lord doesn't mean for us to live the Christian life alone. The New Testament's full of these one another commandments and, um, you know, in God's good design and providence, there are people he brings along our path to help us on that journey. You know, you're eight years into it. Do you have any key people that you think far out, they they were such a blessing of the Lord to me, uh, from the Lord to me in my Christian life? Um, yeah, I've got quite a few. Um, yeah, right from the beginning, uh, the, the main one was Donald Stevenson, who was cool. a pastor at Fenton Park Church. Tell me about Donald. Now, when I first, uh, well, when I first went to Fenton Park Church, I arrived at 9.30 um, an hour early or half an hour early, and I met you, and I remember you said, you just sat down with a little chat, and then after the service, you come up to me and you said, do you want to meet um, the pastor? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then Donald Stevenson came up to me and said, do you want to join my um, small group, which is on a Fridays? And I was like, man, I want to, I want to come. Cool. But what he, what he did was he, he was there in almost every day checking in on me, and because mm. I was struggling, you know, I was just become a Christian, I've got all this sin that I'm indwelled in and and now I'm seeing the way I'm going to be living and there was this big battle going on with the spirit of my flesh. Mm. But he was checking up every time I wasn't there on Sunday. Where are you? You know, I mean, he'd be coming around my house. I'll be ignoring his calls and he'd be texting going, don't ignore me. And he <laughs> was there just, like, if I think about it, if he wasn't there, I know that God has used him as a means to save yeah. me. You know, I, mean, I, would have, I would have walked away. Like, he kept me in there. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome, and that's you know, awesome. He helped pull me right from the get go, and, and yeah. that was important. How did you find yeah. small groups? It was good. Um, you know, I was learning a lot, though. Mm. I still struggled to find uh, to make good friendship with believers. Yeah. Um, you know, at the start, I was pretty much kicking all my other mates um, and stopped hanging around them because I knew they were bad influences. So I sort of left on my own. It was real hard to find. Um, you know. Uh, I don't know. Like I know that with believers, we got that one true joy together, and we can mm. share in that. But at the beginning, I, I struggled with that, so I sort mm. of felt like I was on my own a little bit. Yeah, but it was good. I, I learned a lot. I learned some of the basic things. He took me for a John MacArthur Thirteen uh, Fundamentals of Faith cool. booklet thing. That was just yeah. real basic stuff that yeah. really helped me just to the grasp of things. Mm. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, praise God for that. And I think, yeah, it's a good learning curve for us. I eh? like, I think, um, I don't know. I think there's a few things there. Eh? Like on one level, Christianity does have this weird dynamic where you do have like very different kinds of people all being pulled together in the, with this gospel. And aside from that, uh, almost have nothing else in common a lot of the time. And so sometimes it yeah. is pretty tricky, eh? Like you're just struggling to make small talk because you're just you different ages, you're from different walks of life, different interests, and you've just got kind of that one thing in common. So I think that that can be tricky for people. And I don't know. I think sometimes people just get comfortable talking to people who they know. And um, I think that could be part of the reason why a lot of people do struggle, uh, you know, not having seen any like evangelistic success in their life. Eh? Like they're just talking to their mates, talking to the people that think like them and they don't really know what to do with people that don't quite sit in that box. And so I think it's a good learning curve for us, man. And I, and I presume that'll be something like you'll remember as you think about new people coming into, you'll probably never forget it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Who were some of the other people along the way, man? 
as I as I grew as I started growing as a Christian and, and my journey furthered, um, I surrounded myself with uh, quite a few people who were quite mature in their faith and mm. um, invited to another small group. And that small group was um, with uh, Jared Ralston mm. and um, and also my brother-in-law Jock Bennett. You know, oh, yeah. it was they were really speaking into my life and they were seeing the things I was doing and they were calling me out on it and, yeah. you know, and bringing me to repentance and saying, "Hey, look." You know, you're drinking too much, you know, and they sit me down and have an intervention sort of thing. And yeah. those are really important um, people because I could see that they were living this being in life. And, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm the sort of modeling how it should be done, mm. you know, and I think that was really important. Um, even folks like yourself, mate, when we used to sit down at McDonald's and just have um, little meetups and you just help take me through the Old Testament because I really struggled to understand it and, um yeah, so there's lots of little people here and there through the, uh, along the way. That's awesome, dude. That's great. Praise God for that. Mm. Um, hey, let's talk about just reflecting on the last eight years. I mean, we've already kind of touched on on some of them, but it'd be cool just to dabble here a little bit. Uh, imagining that you got to talk right now to uh, the freshly converted Steve, who's just called out to the Lord, say, five minutes ago, and now here's you eight years into it. Are there particular things that you would warn him about going, okay, here are some easy mistakes. Watch out for these landmines, Steve. Are there any particular things like that that stick out to you? Things that you wish you could have done better or wish had gone a little bit differently in the Christian life? I think one of the things I noticed at the beginning was um, my assurance of salvation was always, I was always examining that. And because I was still falling into a lot of sin at the beginning of my journey, mm. my, my, um, my assurance of my salvation was always down and I was in a lot of despair a lot. Mm. And if I was to talk to me back in the day, I would just keep reminding myself that it has been paid past, present and future and mm. just to keep trusting in Christ and not yeah. my obedience or works, you know what I mean? And yeah. you can slowly keep falling back there. And I'd only feel saved if I was obedient. And as soon as I'd mucked up or did something I shouldn't yeah. do, I'd feel like, am I saved? Am I a Christian? Yeah. And you know, just because I felt like my journey at the beginning was very like a big rocky mountain. I was up and down and up and down, but slowly taking steps forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that would be one of them. Um, That's amazing. I just, if I could talk to myself back then, I'd say, mate, quit what you're doing. <laughs> quit, quit, quit the sin. Gain yep. victory over quicker, mate, because, you know, sanctification has felt slow at times. But yeah, um, as you, uh, you look back at life and you think, man, I've come so far. So Yeah, man. Totally. Yeah. And it's crazy. like, I, I totally it, see that hanging with you and talking to you, bro. Like it is, it, it's crazy different. And sometimes, you know, it's a cliche that people often will compare sanctification to like, you know, growing physically, but it is true. You know, like you don't see it in yourself, but when other people see you after a couple of years and they go like, Oh dang, bro, like you're grown. Um, and, yeah. and it's awesome, man. It's awesome. I just, just hearing you talk now, you know, it's been a little while since we've hung out in person and it's, it's cool, man. How do you think you, um, how do you, how do you think you worked through that assurance stuff? Like, do you have any particular moment where you went like, ah, and it, it changed for you or what, do you think it was just sort of gradual? Um, I, I would say it's gradual because mm. even to this day, when I stuff up, I've still got to come back to the gospel. You know mm. what I mean? And what happens is over the time when you sin, you know, I confess my sin and then I make the same mistake again and, and other things. Mm. You start to have a true deep understanding that Christ has actually paid for this. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and taking your mind off your works, you know what I mean? And this is, it's been a gradual thing. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Just, just constantly trusting in Christ, you know, yeah. and that's, that's all you can do, you know, yeah. because when you, when you put your trust in Christ and what he's done, mm. you can actually start to have peace and joy. And mm. um, yeah. Beautiful, man. So flipping that on its head, then looking back over the Christian life, are there things that you think far out that's gone really well? Uh, I can't believe my luck or oh, no, I can't believe my providence. If you want to say it in a Christian way, things that you think, man, God really blessed me along the way with these things, uh, things that you would do the exact same way again. Do you have anything like that? Mate, my whole life <laughs> since being a Christian, look, um, from the first moment, you know, that, that dark uh, thing about uh, how I found out my son wasn't mine, I look at that now and that is the best thing that's ever happened to me mm. because God used that to bring me to him. And now I'm still um, the father. I don't even look at him different. Um, mm. Now I've been blessed with a Christian wife and we now have children together. Um, just the blessing of children. I love looking at my kids and I mm. love them so much. Awesome. They're just such a blessing. Um, God has gifted me with a house. Um, you know, I look back at my old life and I used to live a dollar to a dollar each week. I never right. saved anything. Right. He's helped keep a job and also further myself in a job um, yeah. to get to a reasonable position and all glory to him. Um, yeah, man. Because... I could never have anything that I have now if it wasn't for what he did in me. And yeah. I would still be living my same life. So those things, yeah, my family, Beautiful. just to adopt it into his family. You know, mm. I was a sinner and I knew I was a pretty bad sinner. And mm. for him to save me by his grace, nothing that I deserve, um, that mm. is in itself awesome. Mm. Beautiful, man. Hey, one thing I like to talk about with people on here is um, scripture. Uh, I like to talk with the guests about how they work that into their life. I mean, obviously, it's a, it can be, anyway, a, a tricky thing to get your head around, uh, especially if you've got no background in it, you know, Christians, yet you're supposed to read through this massive book all the time. So how does, how does Stephen, at the moment, in 2023, uh, incorporate scripture into his life what what do you do to get in the word well usually um when i read um god's word i i like to look for applicable things that i can apply to my life mm. um I'm pretty pretty basic with um theology and mm -hmm. i talk hear some of my brothers talk i'm like man they really understand some deep truths within those scriptures but i usually just typically will look for yep. basic commandments you know even like just starting from the book of matthew beatitudes and and mm chapter five, six, chapter seven, just real yeah. easy to understand basic commandments and, and ways I should be living mm. and applying those too. And um, also just trying to teach my children to mm. um, understand them as well. Beautiful, man. That's awesome. Do you remember how you first found, I mean, you, you mentioned we sort of chatted through some of the Old Testament stuff at Macca's, but do you remember, I guess, initially trying to jump into scripture and how you found that? Yeah, I do. I actually remember that quite well. So I have an auntie, and because when I when I became a believer, man, I just wanted. I was asking everyone, "Do you believe in God?" You know, like mm. I was, I was asking everyone. So I asked my family, um, and I found out my auntie did, and she sent me a, a New Testament book, and it was oh. only a New Testament. 
New New Living Translation, I think it was. Sure. So I, I just started reading, and when I read it, I just knew that it was truth, and I loved mm. everything I was reading. I was just like, wow, whoa, mm. look at this, true. So I read the New Testament a couple of times, but I never actually read the Old Testament. Mm. Um, so then I started realized, well, I've got to you know read it all, and um, so I started. I uh, got my own Bible. You gave me my uh, my first Bible um, after my baptism. That is you true. Me, that is true. You gave me, I've still got it. Still the one I take to church to this day. How about that? <laughs> I, I've forgotten about that, but yeah, no, that is true. You came around my house, you gave me the Bible anyway, so I started um, working my way through the Old Testament. Um, it was a little bit tricky at times because of history hmm. and just um, there wasn't as much applicable stuff as like you'd find in the New Testament. Mm. Um, but I know that it was really important to understand uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament and how they're working together. Cool, man. That's awesome. Hey, I like to ask people as well the the age-old, well, not age-old, but 200-year-old Spurgeon question uh, that he would ask to people that would be joining the church there in London. He'd say, what do you want to accomplish for the Lord? And so I pose that to you, Stephen, uh, with your Lord willing decades in front of you uh, as a believer, what do you want to accomplish for the Lord? I want to accomplish for the Lord to be a living sacrifice to him and as a witness to him, to others around me um, and through the life that I live, that it will bring him glory. Mm. Um, You know, I look at family and friends that know who I was. They see that something happened to me. And they know what I believe, and that ultimately brings God glory. Mm. Like, I want Him to receive all the glory. Um, also, I just want to um, try and bring up my children in a way that is pleasing to God, that they will go out there in the world when they get older, and mm. they will have a personal relationship with Him and also spread the word mm. as well. Beautiful, man. Godly offspring. Cool, bro. Yeah, straight arrows, mate, hopefully. Yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome, bro. Okay, well, let's switch into some rapid-fire questions. You can I, I didn't send you these in advance, but I never do because I just want to get your initial reaction to them off the bat. Um, feel free to go as long as you want, or if you just want a one-word answer, that's totally fine as well. Uh, do whatever your heart desires. So you're on a deserted island, and you can only have five books of the Bible with you, Steve. Uh, what ones are you having? Five books. Uh, I would have Genesis... Um, Gospel of John, uh, Gospel of Matthew, um, Romans, and Psalms. Just read all over the Bible, not in order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, are you a life verse person? Do you know what that means? Life verse? No. Ah, oh, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I I didn't grow up with it either, but I hear some Christians talk about it like it's definitely a thing, like it's the third sacrament after um, the Lord's Supper and baptism. A life verse, basically just a verse that you really like or you think sort of sums up your life or what you want your life to be really about. Your favorite verse, I don't know. (laughs) Do you have a favorite verse? I thought thought you said light, not life. Ah, no, life verse. (laughs) So edit that part out, mate. Um, (laughs) Uh, no, that's gold. That's gold. I'm keeping that. <laughs> look, what a, one of the verses that um, was shared with me once when I was struggling uh, with sin was uh, Psalm 16:11, which mm. is, uh, "I have made known to you paths of life, and in, in your presence there is fullness of joy at your yeah. right hand, a pleasures forevermore." Mm. Now, well, uh, that's one I, I sometimes use to brothers who I might see struggling, and the reason why is because. What I've realized in my journey is when I'm not walking in obedience the way I should or not walking with God, I don't have that much joy. Mm. And when I am, 
and walking the way I should be, there is full joy. And as mm. a non-Christian, you will never experience um, true joy unless you know the Lord. Mm. And knowing the Lord, there is true joy in that. Mm. Um, so that was one of them that I, I like. Beautiful. It's a great verse. Best thing about being a Christian? Mate, the hope that I have, uh, we have, that um, when my time comes, that I'll be in presence and living with God for eternity in heaven. Yeah. Um, book of the Bible you would like to understand better? I was going to say Revelation, but uh, <laughs> um, let me think. Everyone says Revelation, which is totally fair. Which is totally uh, fair. Like, yeah. But, but then again, it's, it's, it's confusing, so... I'm not sure, Phil. <laughs> no, that's cool. Revelation, it is. Uh, something you think the church in New Zealand could do better at? Um, I think eliminating women preaching from the pulpit. He's just going to come full out with the complementarian rocket launcher. There we go. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to put that on there. You don't want to. Uh, no, I mean, you're saying it. That's cool. Uh, Favorite Christian song? <laughs> A uh, song? Yeah. Favorite oh, Christian mate, song. There's, there's too many. Um, I, I can't give you a song, mate. I love I love a lot of Christian music, so. Singing songs out the yeah. work day, am I right? Well, yeah, well, lately I've actually been jamming a lot of casting crowns. Um, <laughs> and you know where I got that from with you? You gave me this uh, little USB stick with uh, two casting crown albums on it and yeah, so um, man, yeah, but a shame. I've show. forgotten about that. Also, that's a throwback. Casting yeah. Crowns. Yeah, there's some there's some classic Crizo music. Hey, they got some good songs. But oh, real, man. real Christian things. So, um, you know, it's something I wouldn't want to see played at a church. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, totally, totally. Do you have any, I guess, people, like favorite Christian authors and thinkers, people that you haven't met but you've listened to their stuff and you've found them helpful, sort of as you think through being a Christian? Yeah, well, look, um, one of the uh, main preachers I listened to a lot at the beginning of my journey was um, John MacArthur. Mm -hmm. um, he was pretty solid, and Paul Washer. Yeah. Um, I've been, I have read a couple of little Christian books here and there, but one that I found really good was um, Gospel Powered Humility by William P. Farley. Okay. Yeah, really awesome read. Cool. I've never heard of that. Sounds good. Tip for Bible reading. Someone's just starting out and they're struggling. Steve, what, do I, what am I supposed to do with this thing? What do you tell them? I'll tell them to, um, before you open God's word, to pray and just help um, God to reveal his word to them, their hearts. I'll probably tell them to do what I did, which was just start in the book of Matthew and go from there. Mm. Um, so they understand who Jesus was and the life he lived and um, the gospel message and... Yeah. Brilliant, man. Favorite thing about your church? I love the compository preaching. So we just go through a book of the Bible um, and we go through verse by verse. And it doesn't matter if it takes a year or two years, we'll get through a book and then we open up another one and start there. So you can always go through um, scripture that, you know, a lot of churches will avoid. There was a bit of controversy. Now nah, we're going to, we're going to get into it. And um, yeah. Cool, man. Well, this has been another 
episode of fill me in drop us a comment maybe give us a five-star rating on spotify if you so desire redeemer church is a bible teaching church in tauranga our services are at 10 30 a.m on a saturday our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz steve it's been so good to chat with you today man thank you very much phil grace and peace to you Shalom, Chrisos. Hey, just before we finish up the podcast, I just wanted to draw your attention to a book project that Anthony, one of the pastors at the church, and I have just finished working on. It's called Church and State Reflections on the Things of Caesar and the Things of God, discussing the issue of the relationship between the church and the state. What kind of things should the state tackle? What kind of things should the church tackle? Is there any overlap between the two? If you're in need of some more misinformation and extremism in your life, uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. It's available for free over at the church facebook page have a happy rest of your tuesday